Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The match ball. Hello there, welcome to the show that is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I predicted that. Uh, with me is Michael Normanson. <laughs> <laughs> so is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. I put money on it, so what'll be ours? How much? Um, I put a fiver on us to win at uh, like this morning and then um, half time, because you had a message from our mate Wayne about us winning 2-0, I put £2 on 2-0, so... Absolutely gutted about the final score. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to kind of laugh for a few minutes first. Should we just do that? Because that was glorious. What a glorious ending to what felt like a really, really infuriating afternoon. Because it felt like with Mariner's performance and the red card that the whole thing, the opportunity had been kind of snatched away from us. And in the second half, it was just going to be pure backs to the wall stuff. Do you know what I mean? It um, felt like it was all inevitably heading towards a 91st minute penalty. A, a soft one at that. Yeah, with there's like a Raheem Sterling has like a a hand on his shoulder and he goes down and they look at it and they're like, well, there is contact there, so he can't repeat to Walton comes on and goes, yep, no, that's a correct decision. I do, I, I think the referee's got it right there. But that didn't happen. No. We scored instead, which which was hysterical. <laughs> it really was. And what a brilliant performance, actually, all in all, under these circumstances, which were thrust upon us. Did we create them ourselves? Well, let's talk about the red card because that's what kind of shaped the game. So, um, Initially, I thought there's no way that's a red card, or maybe th- maybe that's my old school head looking at it, going, "That's not a red card. No way on any you know planet is that a red card." Because he got the ball, he did also go through and get the man. Um, I think my annoyance, and is this the root of it, is that obviously what happened with Baldock last week is there's just not the consistency with it. Yeah, if it's human errors on red cards and stuff, you can kind of accept it. But when they have so much time to look at things now. But arguably, you could say yes. They've had time to look at that one today. They've got they've got a team of people at Stockley. A and team they, of people at Stockley. And they've come Park. to the decision it's a red card. And I can just about accept it being a red card if Baldock's is. But they didn't even look yeah. at Baldock's, but and it's ridiculous. That's the thing. Is like I initially tweeted from the Square Ball account saying that that's no way that's a red. But okay, if by modern standards that is a red, I'm prepared to accept it. But when only a week before that you've seen what Baldock did and got nothing when he was out of control, two footed off the ground, uh, and intended to do what he did. Whereas, you know, Cooper got the ball and also took the man afterwards. He took the ball. I just, I don't know. It's just hard to um, hard to add it all up in your mind. You also have Sterling on Rafinha's ankle mm. and then... Which wasn't even given as a free kick. And then Fernandinho on Rodrigo 
uh, Rodrigo on Rafinha at the end, um, which did not please Rafinha. I'm kind of wondering if Rafinha, it's quite a long time after the final whistle yet, whether he smiled yet, because there were players, as there were, everyone was coming off and clapping each other on the back. I noticed Calvin Phillips was kind of um, sort of tapping uh, Rafinha on the shoulder and he was just stony faced, staring down the tunnel, walking, not acknowledging anybody. Like, hey, great win this. Not, not even nothing. interested. He's putting the call as Rafinha. Fernandinho's family might get bits of him arriving in the post, but he's, he's yeah. not going to be seen again. With Cooper's red card, if it had been given as a yellow card, you would have said it was fine. If it had been given as no card, probably would have said it was fine. And then the red card that it is, you're probably like, yeah, it could be a, a red card. It's one that it just doesn't actually matter enough to me. Um, that it needs to go through that process of being checked and diagnosed and slowed down and reappraised. Whatever the referee had actually decided on the pitch, which he thought a yellow card, I would have, I mean, that that would have been absolutely fine. So that's the, the, the big problem with VAR is it makes issues of things that if they just happened, it's not like a, you know, a goal being, a ball being six feet behind the line and the goal not being given. It's not like that where it's actually a big deal. It's one where the referee's judgment on that incident was perfectly acceptable. But for some reason, we have to go through this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Same with the Bulldog one, actually. If if there hadn't been VAR and you just say, oh, well, the referee didn't didn't really see there was anything in that. And then you, you just go, okay, that's fine. But because we've now got VAR, it, it means there is this, this match-ruining nonsense as um, to paraphrase Andrea Ratrizzani after the game. Because what it's shown is we still have human error. It's just been moved down near the M25. I mean, Andre Mariner, it must be difficult for him refereeing on dry land. He comes from a, a <laughs> long line of shipbuilders. <laughs> the old seafaring family. And this isn't really, uh, it's not really his thing being on, being on grass. Oh, dear me. So I would have been, I would have given him uh, more license. Um, same with the, the one on Rafinha at the end when Fernandinho took him out, you kind of a booking is probably fine for that as long as it hasn't mortally wounded Rafinha forever. But knowing that there is somebody there with a, a video cassette player, you are wondering, you know, why why can't we watch all all of these things? And then games will never end because we'll just be watching replays forever and sending Liam Cooper off and then bringing him back on again, giving him a yellow card and then crossing that out and changing the colour and. Well, well, we'll talk about Mariner in a second. First of all, in your opinion, was it a red, Michael? No, but I re- I'm aware I'm a dinosaur. Moscow. Yeah, I mean, we've been watching 1990-91 season <laughs> week by week, so the whole... It is merely a scratch and all that. Yeah, nobody would have even um, blinked. It's on a borderline. Is it? I genuinely, I don't. I said, I said no, but I actually don't know. I, I, I saw it described brilliantly in a tweet as the perfect orange card. It was somewhere in between a, a yellow and a red. That's what I mean. It's whatever had been given, you just go, yeah. And I can't really argue passionately against it being a red card. It was a clumsy tackle and he, he loses control of what he's doing um, and ends up like where his, where his studs end up in his leg is not where you should really be putting your studs on an opposing players. I mean, leg. as well, not only that, a weekend. I mean, Jesus had a big weekend. Um, only last week, didn't he, with it being Easter and all that, so um, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. He, he rose only to be kicked to the floor again. <laughs> Just to do a bit of, I guess it's victim blaming. If his leg isn't there, though, the challenge doesn't look bad. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I thought exactly the same at that moment. He goes for it as well. He should have got out of the way. He knew Liam Cooper was coming. 
and his <laughs> stupid knees are in the way. Should have dived out of the, out of the way of them. But, oh well, it doesn't matter really, does it? It doesn't matter at all. Um, Mariner, let's talk about him and his performance. Like th- There were tweets, you know, as, as is always the case with football fans, in the moment we, we all get angry and tweet about refs, you know, being on the payroll of the opposition. And he quite clearly wasn't. However, you know, like he doesn't need investigating. But you can't watch that performance and see some of the decisions given him that, or what felt like the majority of the decisions where everything was leaning towards Man City. Everything. I think pretty much every time they went to ground, he was he gave him a free kick. There was like the, the one at the start of the second half where John Stones was running through and he basically he, slipped. he overran the ball and yeah. slipped. And because Calvin Phillips was somewhere near him, he gave a free kick. And then it was Silver had the shot that went wide. It was a good it was a good opportunity for him actually. He shot wide. Didn't come off anyone, but because he just shouted at the referee and said it was a corner, the ref went, ah, yeah, go on, fine. It, it does feel like they, they referee based on best guesses a lot of the time rather than what they actually witness. You know, or reactions maybe. Mm. Yeah, they just felt like they got an awful lot of incredibly soft things, like where people were running back after players, and if there was any contact whatsoever on any part of the body, it was enough to give them a free kick. I wonder if there is a little bit of VAR over um, overrunning on that, because I noticed the Calvin Phillips didn't like being fouled, and then City running upfield and having a, a chance, and he got into a bit of a debate with Andre 3000, after that, is it 3,000? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. I always get confused because Alexander O'Neill is Alex 9,000. Um, and he got into a debate with with those two people after it had happened. And I'm sure the referee was saying to him, well, if they'd scored, VAR would have looked at it. And it's kind of, well, that's not really the thing. because You've, you've still got to referee the game, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, and on so many others, he was, you know, whistling straight away for what happened because there's no question. I guess it, they weren't going to lead to a goal-scoring chance, but then you didn't know that one was because it was... Halfway and um, yeah, I, I, you should I not ever sometimes. give any decisions in the game. Just re- do it all afterwards. Well, that's what offsiders well, uh, got using, to. Hasn't they're it? using it as a safety blanket, aren't they? Rather than actually refereeing the game. Yeah, and if he's going to referee a game badly, then that's you know his prerogative. Is <laughs> now we've got Bobby Brown involved. <laughs> you beat me to that one, then. So uh, congratulations. It didn't. Um, it didn't start in that way, did it? I mean, the game. You know, you never know what shape a game's going to take, but it had a distinct kind of almost, I don't know, um, training exercise vibe to it at the start of the game because they were coming forward on us a little bit, but even then it was not fully committing in that way that teams don't when they've got a Champions League tie in another three days. And that's when I predicted that Leeds might sneak something and that our best hope would be their Champions League game through the week. That's the thing I, I meant, is that they might not be... Maybe if it's only 95% they're putting in, that 5% can be all the difference. It wasn't like the first game, was it? It didn't have the frantic start and the, the feeling that there was going to be a goal every... or potential for there to be a goal any any minute of the game. It was it was relatively measured and they were on top, but we still had chances. We Again, it was the final pass that kind of went astray, but there were the two... There was Rafinha over on the right side and then Roberts both just played a ball in behind Bamford, which would have set up really good chances for him. Yeah, was that where Stones just just his presence put Bamford off? I think or whatever. Yeah, so there were those two. So we we were definitely in it, and they were they had a lot of the ball. It was just true of the whole game. They had a huge amount of the ball, and the majority of it in in our defensive third. But they didn't have that many shots, did they? That were on target. It's not like they were carving out loads of chances. I think Melier made he made a few decent saves, but they were all saves you'd expect him to make. And, yeah. the, and the one that they did score, he slipped on. He'd have probably saved that if he'd have managed to that keep his foot in. That pitch. Everyone has a go at our pitch. <laughs> it looked dead nice because we commented on it at one point, didn't we, when there's a close-up of the grass. Oh, look at that grass there. It's not naked. It looks green and lovely, but it was quite slippy. Maybe. And, and I think where the difference from the first game would be 
is there was no De Bruyne and they'd made seven changes from the Dortmund game, I think, and I'm sure that's what we'll be hearing from the the City YouTube channels. Oh, we didn't play fold on. <laughs> fold on. Come on, have been on. And um, De Bruyne, it was quite funny seeing the um, the footage of De Bruyne as just disappointment when Dallas scored. That was nice. Yeah, uh, as much as our joy, we celebrate our joy. Those are the moments we also live for, isn't it? Like Ben Pep had a little... We had to get Gundogan on, but it was um, Pep had his little strop as well. You see Pep's strop; yeah. that was lovely. But the, you know, then the players that they did have are all you know absolutely exceptionally expensive. <laughs> Their bench I mean, was laughable, wasn't it? Yeah, and if you are you know Aguero's not on the bench, we had to play Gabriel Jesus. I mean, that's not a bad striker to have, um, and none of the players on the pitch were you know a problem. But um, I think there was a difference. I think that it did change the the pace of the first half in particular. I think that's where it, it comes down to it. City's first team might have made it a different first half. But then once we were down to 10 and a goal up, I think if Andre Mariner is in anybody's pay, he is in the pay of the dramatics because he made a game. Yeah, it was his actions that ultimately... Quite grateful to yeah. him in the end because um, it, it turned out quite special because he um, went and watched the telly for a bit and got it wrong. So we went in front on 42 minutes, Stuart Dallas. Um, Costa did really well, actually, in the build-up to that. He got a little bit of a, a lucky break in there, but he did all the right things, put himself in the right position. Like, you know, when he, he turned back inside, he got a nice lucky little bobble that fell for him there. But it, by turning the man, that's the sort of thing you give yourself a chance with. He did all right, old Eddie Costa, actually. I know he's... He's one of the players who faced probably the most criticism this season, but I thought he was generally pretty good. And he was involved in the second as well, wasn't he? Wasn't it him and Alioski combining for that one? He was, and I think Alioski was good all day as well. He looks very up for it. <laughs> That's one way to describe him. <laughs> yeah, He was sliding around. There were a couple of, like I say, given what you'd seen the red card given for, he kind of uh, sucked a little bit of air in through your teeth when you saw Alioski going to ground near the corner flag against uh, their players. But the goal was good, and Costa made it happen by just keeping going. So he didn't give up once he was round um, their defender and then once he had got the, the ball back, smart move, playing it to Bamford. And he's kind of, I was surprised Bamford didn't shoot, but it was the cleverer move to uh, let Stuart Dallas wrong foot Edison. Oh, if only, the only disappointment I would take away from that game, I think, is that Stuart Dallas's first goal didn't hit both posts. Yeah, it was so close. Oh, it was dead close, about mm. a couple of feet maybe, if that, a foot but they're always nicer when they're going off a post like that. It, it was good enough. Yeah. It was good enough, but that would have just put the the cherry on the cake. Something to work on during the week. Yeah, he could do with improving a few things, Stuart. That was good, not he? I mean, that Bamford layoff for it, it looks so simple in retrospect, but there's so much goes into that. You know, Bamford's awareness that his teammate's probably likely to be bombing on. Maybe he gets a shout from Dallas from over his shoulder. Um, but to do it, so quickly and so precisely, I thought was great. I mean, Bamford's layoff actually wasn't perfect, was it? It was probably a, a, a nine out of ten. He had to adjust his foot in a, a little bit, didn't he, Dallas, to to squeeze it in? And it was given where the ball was and the way his stride pattern was and everything. It was probably about the only place he could have realistically hit it as well. What did you think when we went one in front then, forty two minutes in the two minute gap between that happening and Dallas uh, and uh, Cooper getting sent off? What did you think was going to happen from there? I thought we maybe had a chance at that point. Well, we did. We won it, Michael. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I know I know he did, but I, I didn't actually believe that. At, at the point, two minutes later, when Cooper sent off, I think 
I thought the chances of us winning were gone. I thought there was absolutely no chance. No way on earth we'd be winning that game. There was that chance um, three minutes into stoppage time in the first half where they should have scored. I can't remember the exact details of it, but I know it was a pullback to somebody, wasn't it? Um, And we should have been going in level, really. I can't even remember. I can only remember John Stones nearly scoring straight away from the from the free kick that Cooper was sent off for. They they put the ball into the box and almost scored from that. Stones headed it just wide. Um, but oh well. They didn't, and we did. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's talk about some of the tactical switches around in that then. Taking Bamford off when Cooper was sent off, that was uh, an interesting move, wasn't it? But you kind of understood the logic. Yeah, and then when Roberts went off and we we essentially had Rafinha playing right wing and up front by himself. But it's, it's really clever in that you just, okay, you're conceding possession further up the pitch and you're going to lose your closing down. And there were times when the commentary team um, were saying, you know, Leeds have let them carry the ball too far. And there were occasions when you saw uh, like Fernandinho or Stones approaching the edge of our area. But it felt like we wanted to play in that area. That's what the tactical switches did, particularly as you saw when Cock came on. Um, we just conceded all the territory, but it was actually doing that that created the space behind them. They come out carrying the ball. John Stones ain't there, is he? he, ain't, he so he's fine coming forward, but terrible in defence, then he's out of position. What I found interesting with the changes was that we obviously went incredibly defensive by our normal standards, but we were sort of defensive down the middle of the pitch, but we still allowed... Alioski and Ailing to bomb forward and, and that's how the, the winner was scored ultimately most teams I think if you're backs to the wall your fullbacks are, are staying back all the time as well whereas we had a few centre-backs on and Calvin Phillips dropping in and it, and then you defend uh, the middle of the pitch on the edge of your, yeah, of your area on the face yeah. of it it looked quite defensive but then you still have Ailing and Alioski given the freedom to attack when we're actually going forwards which I think was that well ultimately it did make the difference because that's how we scored the goal yeah, it was funny seeing uh, Stroik as well coming on and him absolutely sticking to the left foot, right foot combo at centre half. Yeah, the counter attacking is one of our the things we have in the locker that we can always do, and it doesn't matter particularly who starts where. We just bomb forwards when we have the opportunity to counter attack because we know that the players are fit enough and well trained enough that if we do lose the ball as we counter attack, they will all run just as quickly back in the other direction and sort it out. And the changes were like a big statement of faith in our defensive players, which are the ones who are probably the weaker of our team. If you look at how many goals we've actually conceded this season, you statistically, 
we don't have a good defence. Marcelo Bielsa's plan for the second half was to put all the pressure on the defence that has conceded so many goals. And it makes some sense that hopefully Pat Bamford has now reconciled himself to after he looked so annoyed being taken off. But traditionally, you would go for two banks of four and you'd leave one player forwards. And that's enough, isn't it? That comes to nine. <laughs> yep. And then you've yeah. got a goalkeeper as well. And then you have the goalkeeper. <laughs> so you'd stick Mark Viduka up front on his own and you'd say to Mark Viduka, whenever the ball gets cleared, you win the ball and you hold it up and then we might get in and around you, but we probably won't. Don't get in him. Yeah, that, that'd be invasive. You just hold the ball up front. Whereas, and then one of the things with that does is it does mean you're only defending with eight outfielders. Whereas without leaving the big man up front, we're defending with nine outfielders in front of Melier, so it's even more difficult for Man City to break through us. And you're looking at Tyler until he went off, and then Rafinha and Costa and Alioski and Aiden say, right, when we do get the ball, everybody rush forward as quickly as you can, ready to rush back again. And it worked, and it, it made us more difficult to break down because we had more numbers than if we had just had Bamford. I mean, what would Bamford have done Bamford would have ended up just running back and having to defend anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of because of the way we play. Another coach who would have had, like Burnley, Chris Wood, stays up front, target man. Bang, hit, bang it up to him. Hit Woody. <laughs> and then what's Woody going to do when he's got the ball up there? Probably now. He might be able to get Ashley Barnes in or something every now and then, but it's not really. It's it's hope rather than plan. And it means he's not helping at the back. Whereas everybody was helping at the back. And then when we attacked, we we're just attacking as if as we normally would, yeah. just without as many players going forward as we would have had. But then we had the goal. In fact, we, we did see signs of that in the first half because I think I remarked at one point that Bamford dropped into Calvin Phillips's role at one point. He came sprinting back because he'd seen a man who would either run through or was in a bit of space. And he, he ended up as like the deep-lying midfielder, the Bamford. So I guess if you're going to adopt that game as like a permanent strategy, you know, after the after the red card, it does make sense to have Stuart Dallas, Calvin Phillips, and then Robin Cox sort of in that same area. Just It's going to give you that solidity rather than a centre-forward who's not necessarily got the same kind of uh, midfield persuasions. I think today showed as well that the defensive solidity can be there. It's just that, generally speaking, we choose to play in an attacking way, which does take away some of the defensive solidity. We could play with three centre-backs every week and try and hold teams and be really defensive and try and break, but it's not that's not Bielsa's way of doing things, so that's not how we play, so we can see more goals. Yeah, it's, it's risk versus reward, isn't it? Yeah, and that was really fun today because of it was Man City and it was the last minute winner and everything. But I don't want to see that, and because we were down to 10 men, it was perfectly acceptable to play like that. But I don't want to see us play like that. If that second half performance had been us with 11 men, I'd have been thinking, what are we doing here? This is there's, We need to try and score at some point. You get a mood as well. I think that's what helped us. That sense of injustice, Cooper going off. Um, and knowing and having the goal advantage just put everything in those players' minds of like, we've got something to hold on to. And I think that's one of the things that kind of helped. I mentioned Alioski before, but you look really committed to getting that result today. And if you would, yeah, you're right. If you were doing that in a normal league match that didn't have the, the something to overcome, you weren't really fighting for something apart from three points in October, then it wouldn't have had the... Uh, it wouldn't have had the same level of performance and we probably wouldn't have defended as well as we did. And there's two sides to the the victory. One is how beautiful Stuart Dallas's goal is at the end, but also that we managed to just stop them from scoring for so long. I know they scored, so we didn't stop them from scoring. But, but apart from the goal, 
we stopped them from scoring. And Melier, I thought, played well, but he there was only one save that he really had to dive for, and even that was kind of it was a speculative effort, pretty wasn't easy. It? And there weren't yeah. there wasn't the other one where um, he saved from Zinc. What's his face? Zinchenko. Him and his shot, and then Sterling came and stood on his hand um, as he went for the rebound. That was probably the most dangerous one. And well, we were all right, really, apart from yeah. Well, that. I, I and might, it's Manchester City. My note taking kind of fell off in the second half then because I didn't. Um, it's kind of been you know, a backs to the wall. I wasn't really enjoying it, but it, I just had a, a repetitive pattern, didn't it? And the one thing that I have written down is seventy-one minutes when Fernandinho shot from distance, and I think that was when you, Michael, said if we keep letting them shoot from distance, they're going to end up scoring here. Um, now they did score um, five minutes after that, but even still, that that felt like even if I haven't taken detailed notes the general shape of that second half was them coming at us. But a lot of it, like even Stones was at it as well and I kind of laughing at Stones taking shots from distance. We did really, really well. I think letting Stones shoot from distance was probably a good policy. Because, part, part of the plan. Because he is a yeah. centre-back. I know he's a good footballing centre-back, but he's, he's not renowned for rattling four or five a season in from 30 yards, is he? So it, it, rather than letting them pass it into the box where they're, people like Sterling can have the ball, it's, I guess it's the, the lesser of two evils. And it says a lot that basically the one time they managed to get any passes into the box, they scored. That's how it happened. And apart from that, there weren't many of those occasions. We kept them out. We frustrated them into shooting from distance. And it says everything about how dangerous City are, even if it's not got Aguero or De Bruyne on the pitch, that if they just get into the box, ping, it's in the net. It's like, oh, okay, fine. You've fucking done that. Then, have you? <laughs> um, but yeah, the credit is to have, restricted their opportunities to do that so much. And then also the two have not then given up. 76 minutes and they equalised. What did you think at that moment? Did you expect us to lose? Yeah. Well, I mean, you would have done because you were a miserable <laughs> fucker. Yeah, I did. But yeah. the thing is, what we're talking about, there's no De Bruyne on the pitch. There's no Aguero on the pitch. Every single player on that pitch is still worth about 20 to... 100 million pounds. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you're what, your fourth, fifth choice centre-back who's 40 million quid? <laughs> like, let's not let's not say, oh, poor Man City having to play with this this thrown together second string with all these all these untested kids in. Like, everyone in it, they've spent a fortune on. Mm. And even the young players have had a fortune spent on them. Like, Phil Foden is part of an academy that they built for, like, a billion pounds or something ludicrous because it's how they're doing everything. So... Don't give them any excuses. No, and you can only beat what's in front of you and beat them. We did. Imagine how many we'd have scored if we'd been up against 11 men. That's all I can say. Um, one of my favourite moments, quite apart from the obvious, came on 83, actually, which was when we did that little bit of interplay on the edge of our own box and it involved that back heel. Like, what are we doing? But to have the confidence to do that, despite, you know, having to bounce back from the red card and being under the cosh so much, it just shows how confident they are in their own abilities in the system too. And that was... Strike, I think, wasn't it? Was it was it him with the the most flamboyant of those touches? Robin Cock. Oh, was it Cock? Oh, fair enough. He should be doing that sort of thing, rightly so. And then eighty five minutes when Rafa went through um, and uh, Edison tackled him, you thought that's it, that's the moment, and that's the ch- you always get one chance, and you thought that's the chance, and it felt like it had really gone begging at that point. Great ball through as well from Phillips, wasn't it? Who put it put it through? Yeah, it was Phillips basically in our D, just played it straight through for Rafinha which is again goes back to why we were able to play without a striker because we can just we can start a goal scoring opportunity in our own penalty area without a striker on the pitch that's not a problem Edison's tackle was very good and I liked Rafinha after his um, he seems to play as if he's in an episode of The Office 
because he did that <laughs> when he passed for Jackie Harrison to score last week, and then he turns and just looks at the camera, breaking the fourth wall. And he did it again after um, Edison, I said Hernandez, after Pablo Hernandez uh, <laughs> in slide goal, tackled him in, in goal, goal for, for City. City. <laughs> after Edison slide tackled him for Manchester City, and um, he just kind of stopped. And some players might have, you know, gone down, tried to look for a penalty, tried to make something away. He just stopped as if one, the ball has gone and then looked at the camera as if just a stop. I don't understand what's happening. He was again, it was just that, that glance that you used to get in the office where somebody, one of the characters just looks at the camera like, it was normally get, Tim. You wasn't get it? this, don't you? Normally Tim, like, yeah. look at look at my suffering here. Look at what I'm having to endure. And it, yeah, it, it fell out. So I'm quite, I'm glad that that happened, just so that that could happen. And I'll be watching every game now to see when um, Rafinha breaks the fourth wall. And football, it's a game of moments. And what a moment that was when Dallas scores that winner. It's just beautiful. Everything about it as well. It's a, it's really good play from Costa, and it's Alioski who puts the final ball through, isn't it? Costa, I think it's Alioski. Um. Yes, he said before checking. <laughs> no. Or is it Costa? I can't bloody remember. It's a really I good pull through anyway. It does <laughs> I've only it. watched it about a hundred times. I know. But you still think Stones is probably favourite for it when it goes through because he's got time to get back and he's still on the edge of the box and Meg's to finish it as well. It's great. And seeing how annoyed Stones in afterwards, the, the slow-mo of him shouting fuck off and booting the ball in the air, it's all just, oh. That is uh, when the kids say inject it and put the uh, the syringes on Twitter and so on and so forth. That was an injected moment. And Stuart Dallas, do you give him the Ballon d'Or. Can you win a Ballon d'Or if you're not playing in the Champions yeah, League? I don't know. He should be European Footballer of the Year, though. He should win something this year, whether it's the Leeds Player of the Year, Writers Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, whatever. Give him something. Give him shall, everything. Shall we invent our own awards and make him a trophy? And I'm serious. I'm not taking the piss now. There's any reason not to. He deserves let's do, it. Let's do some square ball awards just so we can give one to Stuart. Dallas. I mean, you've kind of ruined the suspense. People forget. People are Gen Z. They've got the no, Stuart Dallas award uh, for Stuart Dallas. <laughs> goes to Stuart Dallas. Gen Z. They don't have the concentration span to remember stuff like this. They'll have forgotten in a few weeks. It's fine. It's fine. We'll um, we'll make some awards and we'll see who's come out best. The only downside of that Dallas goal is that I think that is the end that would have had the Leeds fans in, and the scenes of that would have been incredible like the 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 whole the pouring forward of people and the, the players that had run towards the crowd the shin, inju- of, the shin injuries and, oh, yeah. that's the only thing to be sad about from today because it would moments like that are, are kind of the reason you, you spend a full season mm. following a team away is for one of those last minute winners we had Ilan Melier though <laughs> yes we, we did. did he yeah. is doing his best to make up for it he um he was highlighted last year for how much he celebrated um pounding on the the roof of the dugouts before he came into the team when he used to sit on the bench watching Kiko Kassia. What a strange world we used to live in. Um, when Leeds scored, he would start banging on the roof of the dugouts and yelling at the West Stand and all this. And it's great to see that now translated into the the first team and kind of making up for the fact that the, um, that the fans couldn't be there. It would have been that corner. I don't think the Premier League would have been... Um, it's not ready for it, is it? No, it's not seen that kind of... I don't thing. think I don't think is you're it ready the first, for this it, jelly. Is it the first time he's run the length of the pitch since Pablo Swan. at Swansea? Could be. I can't. Has he done it this season until now? I can't remember. There'll be an, there'll be an optostat for it. <laughs> we'll get someone to find out and let us know. Distance covered to celebrate a goal. Yeah, there'll be there'll be something for that. X G C expected goal celebrations. Okay, something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, an absolutely glorious moment. But you do wonder if there had been a crowd in whether 
the home fans might have given Man City that extra momentum because it's a, it's weird, isn't it? It is more almost like a a training exercise. And I think I remarked on this in the second half because there's no crowd in there, you know, raising the um, the tempo for the home side. It does become more like a training exercise for both sides because I did say that about Leeds as well. In that, um, I was actually more comfortable with us defending rather than going forwards a lot of the time in the second half because as we went forward, it then left us open to them counterattacking, and that frightened me. The Etihad. City, yeah, fair point. A goal down again, <laughs> ten from a mid-table team, little old Leeds getting behind that team. No, it would have been. I mean, how many people does that place hold? About sixty thousand. So sixty thousand people going, get the Bruiner on, get the Bruiner. And then um, <laughs> for a training session, Bielsa interestingly uh, has been asked how often Leeds practice scenarios where they're totally defensive. Nada, never. Nothing that happened to them. I mean, this is that I'll take that. That's fine. I believe that he's maybe not done any training sessions. Nothing that happened today had any influence from my part. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Marcelo. But I will bear it in mind to train like this in future. He's also said, and this is um, lovely. It's why I was distracted when you asked me. It was um, Alioski's pass. Bielsa, this sounds strange to say. It would have been fair if City had won but we deserve to win. The reason we deserve to win was because of the belief of the players, the character, the personality, the effort, and the fortitude. He's so pure, isn't he? God, I love that man. Yeah, I love him says, so I, much. He'll be saying, I was barely there. I don't even know any of their names. I, you might you know, as well sack me now. There's no point yeah. me being here. Diego picked the team. <laughs> I wasn't even at training this week. I just walk around Weatherby shaking hands with people. I'm very much like a mascot. Um, we need to wrap it up, but before we do that, heroes and villains. Hero Dallas, villain Mariner, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lucy Ward had just given Callan Phillips man of the match, hadn't she, before Dallas scored his second. Was and... she the villain for robbing, another one that's robbing <laughs> Stuart Dallas of his rightful awards. I, I mean, it'd be interesting if Karen Carney was on BT today to see how, uh, get her opinion on how tired we looked as just... Stuart Dallas was charging through it in the last minute of the 31st game of the season. But do you know what she would have done? she would have just said, that's brilliant from Leeds and pretend like it had never happened, which is what most pundits do. Yeah, it's fair enough. Actually, other villains, BT, we were trying to watch it after the game, just wanting to see our goals. They're blabbering on about Ferran Torres and saying whether or not he's a good striker or not. Shut up about it. Just show Leeds stuff. <laughs> not interested. That's why we're here. I know you've got the Champions League to cover and he's going to be playing in that or whatever, but fuck off. <laughs> fuck off, Jake Humphrey. <laughs> a sentence for the ages. Right, we'll wrap it up there. Cheers for listening. We'll speak to you in a bit. The match ball. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 